Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, a.k.a. your friendly neighborhood fangirl. We live in a new day and age, fanboys and fangirls across the world. I made a comparison to this, that this is what fans of Star Wars must have felt when Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, because the world has officially changed. Endgame, Avengers Endgame is out. It is breaking all the box office records. And there's so much to unpack with this movie because it was so mind-blowingly good, yet heartbreaking, yet satisfying, like all of the roller coaster of emotions. And I could not record this episode without my dear friend. Um, man, you know her and love her from Marvelous Geeks podcast. She's been on here a couple of times and she is, dare I say, the Peggy Carter to my pepper pots. Give it up for Gisa and Sophia. Hi guys. Oh, that comparison just like I know. shattered my heart a little bit there. It's like if you're doing okay, five minutes later, nope. nope. Which to be fair guys, all day today and you know, the past few days now, I'll just get random messages from Gisani here saying or just something emotional about Endgame and I was in a good mood and then I was in a terrible mood. And I was like, why do you do this to me? Why why do you torture me in this way? So thanks for that. I mean, you have to share pain. <laughs> you have to share pain and joy. It's just Ugh Gotta There's so much pain and joy with this movie. Um, and I, as soon as I saw the movie, I knew I wanted to record this episode with you. So thank you so much for doing this with me because I'm honored. I'm very, very honored. Cause this is it. We, this, we were in the end game. The end game is over. How are you doing? <laughs> Good question. I've come to the conclusion that just I'm never going to be okay. I don't know why people should stop asking how we're doing at this point. It's like, how do you think I'm doing? I'm not fine. I will never be fine. I think I said to you, I was like, I, my, I am somewhere in between healed and completely broken. And I, it's like the weirdest in between ever that a piece of fiction has caused. We Never has there been another movie or book that has left me so completely satisfied but so completely broken. I think the closest it's been for me feeling this way, and I mean, like, just closest, uh, was, like, Deathly Hallows Part 2 for yeah. Harry Potter. And that was another, like, ending to such mm-hmm. a franchise that had been, or movie-wise, but even book-wise, too. Yeah. Like, it emotionally rocked me that I kept rereading the book afterwards. Like, I couldn't not rereading so yeah. I want to keep living in it um and before we go any further I just want to say to all my listeners if the very few out there dad especially you guess what this is a spoiler heavy review of Avengers Endgame no I am not going to keep this spoiler free there's nope. so much to talk about and I just can't mince my words with this so if you have not seen the movie and you do not want to be spoiled Stop listening to this. It's going to be okay. I'm not offended. Please go see the movie and then come back and listen to this. And then share in the emotions with us because 
this is a movie you do not want spoiled for you. Like, I am so thankful that nothing came out about this. And to be fair, I started, like, I stopped watching TV spots. I stopped really being on Twitter. I just wanted to make sure I had the cleanest experience I could with this movie. And, man, did it deliver in that way. And I do – I people kept asking me at work, so what would you think? What would you think? And I'm like, I'm afraid to even say how I feel yeah. about it because, like, I don't want to give away a single thing about this movie because it is that important. And, I mean, the fans showed up and felt the same way. And I'm so thankful for that. So this is it. Your final your final warning. Spoilers are ahead from here on out. Okay, they're gone. Great. Let's just... Let's relive this thing. How... How do you relive three hours of that? It was such a experience. Like, it's just... I don't even know. Like, I can't... I did my own podcast, but we were just like, we have to stick to this method and this, like, order because otherwise it's just going to be nonsense. It's just going to be all over... Okay. I guess let's start with maybe some of the high points of this for you. What were the things about this movie that you cheered for that you got giddy over like oh there's so many i mean i think it's somewhere to just start and then yes. we just go from there you know the scene with all the women yeah she's not alone and i just it paid such beautiful tribute to natasha saying it in infinity war and just the whole theater was claps for when every woman Every theater I was in got so hyped over that scene. And that made me, because I know I was hyped for it, but hearing everybody else, especially I saw this first at a press screening, to hear people in the press get excited, I was like, yes, this is a moment. This is, I can't wait to have like the HD still of that shot of all of them there. Like I have chills even thinking about this. Um, because yeah, that was such a beautiful, like tribute to Natasha because she was the first, first, yeah, the first and only for a long time. And to see her legacy left with these women around Captain Marvel, just, you couldn't help but be like, yeah, I'm in make this a force movie like today. It was perfection like it could not have been better in any other way I just it it was all I would say that it was just as good as the Avengers circle which my theater when they went back to 2012 and the circle shot came up I saw this movie at 11 30 at night my third time and people got hyped (laughs) over seeing the circle shot again they were like yes we were such Innocent, naive children getting out. We thought that was the best it was ever going to be. And then we got the portal scene in this movie where every single person showed up. The portal scene. Oh, On your left. And then everyone loses their minds because you hear Sam, you see T'Challa, Shuri, and Okoye with Wakanda behind them. Then you get Stephen Strange, all of the Guardians, 
Peter Parker. <laughs> Spider-Man swooping in. Everyone just goes insane. Bananas. So good. So good. I'm giving myself chills. I know. Right I can't. Like, every time I think about it, it's just... You know a scene that also gave me chills? Cap wielding Mjolnir. Oh my god, yes. That was also another one where everyone was like, <gasps> yes! And just like grown men screaming was amazing. It was brilliant. And all of this we're talking about in the third act of the movie. Like, third act on, as soon as the second snap happens. Emotions. It's a ride. From there to the end. Like, you... Like, I mean, the whole movie, I could not find a particular place where I was like, yep, this would be a good bathroom spot here. Because everything was so important, integral to where we were going. And it didn't let up. Like, you were, like, jazzed for it. So happy I didn't have to go. That Mm -hmm. was really worried. But also, it's just from the moment... Basically, like, the moment Natasha dies, no, I did cry in the beginning some parts. Like, I choked up. But from the moment she dies, it was just straight-up sobs for me. Even, like, happy moments. I was sobbing at that point. so I was so emotional that it was just nonstop, like, crying. Yeah. Actual crying. And how great is it that the Russos and the screenwriters, uh, McFeely and Marcus, managed to... You didn't even think about it no. when uh, Clint and Natasha were heading to Vormir. It didn't even click until they landed. No, and exactly. then I was like, oh, I know how this is going exactly. down. Exactly. The second they were looking, and I was like, wow, Vormir is actually really beautiful. And then I was like, oh, oh wait a second. No, it's not. It's not beautiful. But the one thing that the second that that happened and I, it clicked in my brain, the first thing I thought of was, Love is for children. I owe him a debt. And my heart just like sank to my chest. I was like, it's Natasha. It's, it's going to be Natasha. And the whole fight, I was just like, my body was like, not, oh my God. I, I felt that I, I was under the impression still that Hawkeye was going to bite it only because of the movie. Yeah. And like, Talk about the beginning of the movie. It starts with him loot like his family being dusted yeah. and not he not even seeing it yeah. happen and just the terror that he feels and then going back in time and seeing his daughter again, yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, like you your heart like hurt for him so hard. And then I was tense watching them go back and forth because I didn't want to see either of them die at that point. But when she said, Let me go it was over. Like, and all of the emotions were there. She doesn't let go. She no, she... Yeah. She was like this. And he was still holding on. And he and she just slipped through his hands. Like, if it were up to him, like... It, he would have held on for dear life. And I think he felt the weight and the heart of her story and who she is and was as a character... When they were all sitting around processing her mm-hmm. death, like, does she have any family? She had us. Yeah. Before this, I had nothing. Then I got this family. Yeah. Like, how she was running and keeping the Avengers alive in some way after it was five years later. Like, she couldn't let 
she couldn't move past it. And this was always the goal was to get to there. And the way they did it just, I hated seeing her going, yeah. but I loved how they honored her in it. Yeah. You know, like, it's so funny because not that I, I said this, but in the past, I've, I kind of feel like I've always said it, but not that I didn't love Natasha, but she wasn't my favorite. Mm -hmm. But I was never prepared for her death. It, I just was, I was like, no, she's definitely not dying. It's Natasha. We're always going to have Natasha. And then she, and you're just like, no, 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 I didn't come back. What is this? It's, it's, it sucks. It's a very weird feeling, but I'm excited for the Red Room, which I'm assuming is what's going to be her prequel. prequel. Yes, like her, so that's another reason why I didn't think she was going to die. Yeah. Like, She's got a movie coming out. There's no way that they're going to kill her in this. Like, you know, oh, Hawkeye is getting a Disney Plus show. He's like, oh yeah, like he could die, but like his daughter, it might be yeah. there taking up the mantle or whatever. But I guess it's officially a prequel now? Unless, I, I don't Budapest know. Budapest in it because yeah, like bringing it's, back Budapest was just great too. Cause it's like, well, See, there was like so many small moments like that with callbacks to every movie. Yeah. Absolutely every movie. Can we talk about the fact that they've redeemed Thor Dark World for me in this movie? A movie I've gone on record and said the only reason you watch this movie and you rewatch is for the post credit scene yeah. where they hand off the reality stone. They saw that, they took it, and they're like, now you care about this. Because yeah. like, we've talked about it too, the only scene that I love in Thor in the Dark World is Darcy going, look at you. Yeah. All muscly and everything. And isn't that great? That they took <laughs> Thor, who. For better or worse, the one constant we've had is Chris Hemsworth, fantastic looks, mm -hmm. and flipped it on its head, and five years later, he's Fat Thor, drunk, trying to escape the pain mm -hmm. yeah. of losing. Yeah. Which is so interesting when you think of that comment in Thor The Dark World, and I did it until this very moment when you said that. Which is, it's so, that, I think that's one of the things that I have to mention. I didn't like about the movie with the fat shaming. Mm. I understood getting to that point. I understood mm -hmm. him being that way. And I understood the ramifications of what depression can do to people. Mm -hmm. But I hated the comments. Like, eat a salad. Yeah, I think the eat a salad was like one less. I loved all the Lebowski references to him. I thought that was great. Um... I just love that we had like a full spectrum of our original six seeing like how they've dealt mm -hmm. with depression or how they've dealt with the ramifications of Thanos. Yeah. Seeing like the more positive side of like Tony and Bruce moving on mm -hmm. and embracing like what they do have mm -hmm. and moving forward from there. Those who are still holding on and still doing okay, but they're still holding, holding on, on to it, like Natasha and Steve. And then you see the extreme end of dealing with it in depression and rage mm -hmm. through Thor and Clint. Chills. I just, just, is it ever going to get easy? <laughs> it's never going to get easy because... This is the last movie that all of these people yeah. are going to be in. And I heard the comment today and a podcast I was listening to um, 
but they all the actors, especially the original six, showed up and gave their best work yeah. because they knew this was their last one yeah. together. So like every scene they were in, they gave it their all and you felt it. And we as the audience members really benefited from that. Like every scene between Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans was absolute gold. The fact that they went to the 1970 together, that was one of my favorite little adventures was them going back and not only seeing another great community cameo, getting our Stanley cameo and Hank Pym, but getting Peggy and getting Howard. Although it should have been Dominic Cooper, just never gonna let that go, but it's fine. But we got Jarvis! Yes, we got we Jarvis. We got Edwin Jarvis from Agent Carter, the only TV actor who started out on TV oh. to jump over to the big screen. Thank you, Marvel. Thank you so much for doing this. So many people screened, which was so great because, like, it's not a show that that many people know about. Not many people have seen Agent Carter, but when we heard the screams for Jarvis, I was like, my people! And people were trying to say, oh, that was Paul Bettany's voice. I'm like, no, 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 that was that, that was, was James him. Darcy. That was James Darcy. And, like, it was just such a sweet moment. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Russo Brothers, for making that happen. I, oh, my gosh, I lost it. And I so when I saw that moment in particular, like, yes, Peggy was there, and he was just staring at her, and he felt like he has always loved her. I was like, yeah. That's great, but then seeing him, I was like, Disney's gonna lose her mind. She's gonna just be all sorts of emotionally compromised. No, great, it's great. I'm fine. It was so good. And okay, I, I mean, I'm jumping all over the place because that's the only way we can do no, this, honestly. Um, I was one of few people, and in every screening I was in, when. Nebula and Rhodey were on um, Morag, and here comes Chris Pratt, and Come and Get Your Love by Redbone starts playing. I start dancing in my seat, <laughs> because that's one of my favorite opens to a Marvel movie, and I'm just like, <laughs> It's like one of the very few moments in that movie that is genuinely happy. Yeah, and then it switches to what it actually would be in that scene is him just singing out loud and dancing around like an idiot, which I think that's my only complaint about Endgame is how much they, there's a lot of comedic beats uh, made towards Star-Lord in more negative ways than they were positive ways. Like, in that there were all jokes of like, so he's kind of an idiot, or I fell in love with him. It was between him or a tree, which... Peter Quill's Star-Lord is way more complex than that, like, which, what you get in those other movies, and I understand for the purposes of this huge movie that they did that you can't get into the finer things Mm -hmm. about it, but that did hit me a little wrong of, like, he's not an idiot. He's actually really smart and resourceful, and if you would have kept going and see how he gets the Power Stone, it's like, he knows what he's doing, so... And going off of that, which is something another, I really hope with Guardians and Thor, which we're assuming that's going to be a thing as Guardians of the Galaxy, I, that whole thing with them in Infinity War about like, ooh, the body stuff, you know, it's like, it's too much testosterone there. 
But that's why I love that they flipped that fourth yeah. door because they so, made such a big deal and that in Infinity War to have, like you said, uh, Quill not be smart in this, like to pin him as like the idiot. I would love for in As Guardians of the Galaxy to have this like competition, not be a competition of like some macho like manly thing, but truly showing every both men and their like, core at their heart, their brain. Mm-hmm. How each of them function. See that they're not idiots. That like yeah. it doesn't matter what they look like. But they are both very complicated men who have lost their mothers. Mm-hmm. And I, I cannot wait till they touch up on that. Like yeah, because that is something that Quill was able to bond with with Gamora is losing family and understanding that. So for him to see that with Thor, that like he's also lost his mother. He lost his father and and his brother. I mm-hmm. want that more than the like. You know. Knife fight, who's the yeah. leader or whatever. I am the leader because I am stronger. Like, sit down, yeah, boy. Sit down. sit down. Talk it through. But you know that's why James Gunn, like, that's why yeah. they never said, like, we're using the script. Yeah, because Thor was always involved. Like, I'm so excited. And that is, I'm Guardians intrigued. very, very intrigued with that. And it'll, will they call it as Guardians of the Galaxy? I, personally, I want them to call it Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because of the volumes. Of the volumes, yeah. And I get awesome mix volume three. Oh yeah. But if it's called as Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm not gonna be mad either. Or like just like Guardians of the Galaxy cross out as, as Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy volume three. Yes, like that would just be such a great it. logo. Yeah, I would be so on board. Those with that. are still CDs that I like. I have the actual ones. It's one yeah. of those things where it's like you can't just do a digital download. You need the actual one. Yes, which. Hollywood Records, I have a bone to pick with you. Endgame has come out. Go to your pl- go to your Guardians of the Galaxy Awesome Mix, the full mixtape playlist that you have on Spotify. There are a bunch of rando songs oh, no. on there. Rando songs that do not show up in any of these movies. And oh. Dear Mr. Fantasy is part of Endgame. Please go in, put that in that playlist, get rid of all the extra stuff, and clean it up for me for someone who listens to it almost every day, you jerks. It's not rocket science, guys. It's not rocket science. And it's not a Build-A-Bear either. No, it's not. Or Ratchet. It's Rocket. That was actually one of my favorite lines, which if you think about it, is so powerful. When Natasha says, like, I get emails from a raccoon, like, nothing is shocking anymore. And that should kind of be the biggest thing to people who are so, who are looking at the film through a negative lens and are like, none of this makes sense. Like, there's a talking raccoon. How much more reality do you want in this? You're so mad about time travel, but there's a talking raccoon in it. Like, who said, I don't, Who's capable of sending emails? Yeah, like, I, I can't help you much further than that. And especially for people who say, like, well, I didn't really understand it. I only saw, like, two Marvel movies. They've been training us for years. This was 10 years in the making. Like, you need to go back and do your homework. And the movie, like, rewards fans for who have been around and have put in all those hours. Like, I did a chronological rewatch, which I'm so thankful I did, considering all the time travel. Like, that was the way to do it going into Endgame. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, But, yeah, kids, like, if you aren't going back and watching those movies and haven't seen at least half of them, I'm sorry, you're going to miss a lot of stuff in there. It's just... 
because it's so simple. Like, it's really so simple. And they go out of their way so many times, especially for the ending where everyone is like, how could this... You say it. How, like, when people are like, how could Steve be so selfish? Like, how could he do that? How could he ruin Peggy's life with her husband? I was like, the, the, guys, guys. (laughs) Literally, Bruce says it so much. Like, the movies you know are wrong. You cannot go to your past and change your future. It doesn't work that way. Sorry, kids. I don't know how much more obvious this movie could have been. When time travel is already such a complicated trope to play with. But they simplified it so much. And made so many Back to the Future references. That I just... It's like, why does this need so much explaining? It doesn't. It it really didn't. And, uh, yeah. They, they dumbed it down and made it so simple. Like... I'm sorry, go back and rewatch it a couple times if you're still confused by it. It's also a great movie to just go back and rewatch. It is. And a person who's seen it three times now, it's like, I'm planning on seeing it this weekend again because I want to go back and rewatch it. I want to keep watching it. Yeah. Because there's just so much in there. And I mean, I know we're going to get to like the meat of this thing, but I want to give a special shout out to, well, a seraphin casting director for all of these marvel movies without you none of this would have been possible academy give recognition to casting directors because none of this would have happened none of it so thank you sarah for all of your hard work and for famously uh getting chris pratt to be star lord uh when he did not want to audition for this like I heard that interview the other day and I was just blown away. Like the power that she had to like get people, get the right people for this. Even Evans who was like, no, 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 a million times because he was terrified. Yeah. He already went through Fantastic Four. He didn't want to do it again. And uh, so first that, thank you, Sarah. Second, I think, uh, I mean, I know who my favorite people of this movie are, but I think the MVP of this movie that I was not expecting, and I'm so glad it was, Nebula, Karen Gillan. You knocked it out of the park. You are the heart. Like, I think Natasha, I think the original six, actually, not just Natasha, the original six was really the heart and soul of this movie. But, like, as... Outside of that core, she carried this movie mm-hmm. so much. And the way she was able to play her earlier self, 2014 version, the person who would live through Thanos and even watching him die before her eyes, like, and where she had come, like, kudos across the board. You knocked it out of the park, like, and you can't emote so much, but all of the emotions yeah. we felt and saw there thank you for just crushing it i was genuinely terrified at one point that nebula was gonna die i was like dude i can't take any more not nebula and that would have been just so horrific because of her growth and she still has so much growth to go through Mm -hmm. so you're right and i it's so interesting because i think we were all kind of expecting that from carol Mm -hmm. and not that she didn't deliver she delivered a really badass, amazing moment. Absolutely. But in such an intricate and quiet way 
Nebula delivered so much more. Even in the beginning, there's so much softness in her putting Tony into the seat to have him just see something beautiful before he passes or to like say no to the food because he's a human. Little moments like that were just so powerful for her that I, my heart, be still. I, yeah, all of that. Like in that, and then seeing Rocket again, working with him. Um, working with Rhodey. I loved her exchange with Rhodey yeah. about, like, we work with the parts that we have yeah. and knowing that, you know, Rhodey's, his legs, yeah. he's only able to walk because of something Tony built to where, like, most of her has been replaced by robotics. Like, I thought that was a tender moment. Mm. The stuff between her and Gamora, like, oh, such weight. And I'm, that's why I'm so excited for Guardians yeah. 3 for her to find her sister because that is the most important relationship to her and the fact that she has recognized that and let her in. And yes, I know I'm giving myself chills too. <laughs> like, I'm getting cold. It's like, is it cold in here? No, we're just really emotional. We're here. just super emotional. And that's like not even script. Like that's just layer number three. And we're only just getting deeper and deeper into this. Um, and a huge reason why I wanted to bring you on was because of two characters in particular, one of whom I was so surprised at how much you talked with me about Tony Stark. Oh, I was like, Ooh. Because you have always been Team Cap in my eyes, and Captain America is your ride or die. And seeing how they did his story from beginning to end, I think they delivered on such a front for you. But then also to have to hear how emotional you got over Tony Stark was just another thing entirely, and that's why like well, I, I want to mention one. something. Like, and, and I said this, I, I think I've always said this, but part of the reason why I can't rewatch Zoopos <laughs> English, what is English? Civil War is because it genuinely makes me too sad. Mm-hmm. I don't deal with fights well. I don't deal with confrontations well. I, I get very like, no, no, just get along, stop. And that fight just broke me. And I hated it because mm-hmm. despite being Team Cap, and I, I've always said this too, if Cap was on the other side rooting for what Tony was, it would have broken my heart, but I would have been like, I'm Team Iron Man in this because mm-hmm. I did genuinely agree with Cap's side of the Accords. However... Tony Stark, I, I don't know how you could dislike Tony Stark Dis, in between all that, which is why I hate Civil War, because there's always this thing where you can't genuinely love both. Because I went into this film like Cap's dying, and I prepared myself for that, and at one point I was prepared for Tony, but I was like, no, 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 he's not dying. I don't think Tony's dying, and I was just head set on the fact that Tony's surviving. So when they took Tony away, it was like... It was a lot of sobbing, not crying, sobbing. I, I had a towel with me. I, that was the smartest thing it's, you could have done. Like I heard that when you don't, were, yeah. Tissues don't do you justice, man. Take a towel. Take your towel. <sighs> I may never be okay after that. And there's that whole thing. I'm sure you saw it with Tony's, the proof that Tony Stark has a heart. But the moment when they are getting in to do the time travel the way that they're aligned and the way that the, that the Avengers are Tony Stark's heart and just waterworks on waterworks. I'm like, okay. 
for everyone who went into Endgame not jazzed about Tony Stark and are now giving him the respect and love that he's due, I hate it took you this long to recognize that. However, every day on my Twitter feed, I see something new about sharing love for Tony Stark, his character, people around Iron, around Iron Man, and it makes me absolutely emotional. I also see one random thing. Okay, I didn't have a favorite Avenger until Winter Soldier. Really? Yeah, because I went into the Avengers. I had seen all the movies, but I wasn't ride or die for any of them yet. Mm-hmm. I, I loved them all. I genuinely did. It's mm-hmm. Winter Soldier that I was like, I would do everything for you, Captain. Like, oh, Captain, my Captain. Mm-hmm. It was after Winter Soldier. Got it. Other than that, I've never... The only Avenger I've had problems with, which was always due to the writing, was Natasha. Mm-hmm. There was little moments where I was like, Natasha wouldn't do that. What is this? What's happening here? You're not yeah. doing her justice. But otherwise, I've always really, especially the core three, like in the original Avengers, they are everything to me. So I have to put that out there. because no. I hate what Civil War did. I know. I hate this movie. Which, like, both of them. I... I have said for a long time and specifically started saying it more vocally when Civil War came Mm -hmm. out was that I love you, Cap, but Iron Man has been my ride or die since 2008. Like, there would be no MCU without this character. There would be nothing without him. The fact that Favreau fought for him, Seraphim got him in, the A-list people that have brought around him... And the movie that they created has changed cinema forever. We wouldn't have Endgame without Iron Man. And so Endgame meant so much to me because as a huge Tony Stark fan, they left it all out there for him in the best way possible. It hurt me. It brought me, like, I got so excited when I saw Morgan with the with his helmet or with Pepper's helmet that he got a family, that he had a daughter and his relationship with his daughter is so much like his relationship with Peter Parker. It's very snarky, but loving, like um, all your toys. (laughs) I'm going to sell all of your toys. Only Tony Stark can get away with that. And he does. So good. It was Perfect, as close as perfect can get, because I, I, I wanted more. That's the thing. That's what just I don't know. It'll take some time to get over it, but. And I sent you that picture of you did uh, Peter and Morgan, and if we need something like that for me to know that, even though I know that there's people watching over her, but I need him to be one of those people because, even when he, I, and again. Till the last second, I was like, no, no, Tony's not dying. <laughs> Till the very last second, I was like, Mr. Stark will open his eyes, right? Like, I'm sobbing, but I was like, he's not dying. No, no, Like, till the very second, I was emotional. Even the funeral, I was like, he's going to pop out out of somewhere. It's Tony. He's going to pop out. You know what I was waiting for? With his message to his family, I was waiting for him to say... That or that he has stored an AI of himself, and that he would replace Friday 
and that he would live on in that way. In far from home. I, I, I didn't let myself hope for anything when it came to Endgame, and I got a lot. So now I'm like, do I dare allow myself to hope? Because that would be amazing. I, I mean, here's another thing. It's like RDJ is Marvel's dad. I don't even think he's like the godfather. I feel like he's his dad. Yeah. So I, I can't see him gone. And there's like pictures of him crying, and I'm like, why are you crying? What does this mean? Yeah. So I really hope to God that that becomes a reality, at least because we have him that way. And we know he does it in the comics. And even if it's just his voice, you know, you don't have to do too much. Yeah. Acting. Like, physically, you don't have to be there. You don't have to be there. Just go and have, have his voice. voice. Would It would heal the broken part of me. So... Uh, in that, I mean, again, like this whole, I think this movie was a love letter to the fans, but I think it was a love letter to Iron Man. Like, he got everything he wanted in that. He got the family and the farm, like, away with Pepper, which they talked about in Age of Ultron. Paid that off. They paid off Pepper becoming rescue, showing up for battle. This The circle shot of them was like, I never liked to say the expression parents, but I felt it. I was like, those are my parents, mom and dad. It meant so much to me to see Pepper save Peter Parker during the battle. Tony and the fact that he kept the picture of Peter Parker in his kitchen because he loved him so much and him coming back off the ship, Cap is holding him. He's like, save the kid I couldn't save the kid and when he just when Peter's like and then Dr. Strange said we have to go and then da, 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 and he just hugs him. him and you felt that like you felt that hug in your core yeah and when he says this is nice it was, it was a nice payoff to homecoming when he yes. was opening, opening the door. door and then how it Tom Holland, you can't keep secrets, but it's not fair how you make me cry over you in different movies because in Infinity War, I watched you fall apart as you were dusted in the arms of Tony. And then in this movie, I watched you fall apart as Tony's dying before your eyes and I was not okay. Like, I was a mess. Like, I first I was excited because I'm so glad that Iron Man was the one to do the snap. I'm so cool with that. I know that in other instances that, like, Nebula has snapped the fingers. But I'm so happy it was him because he was the one. And he... Thanos has been haunting Tony yeah. since uh, the first Avengers movie. It only made sense. Mm-hmm that he would be the one to finish it, and that that is why Strange kept him alive and told him as soon as he did the one. I know. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, this is it. He knows exactly what has to happen and what it means. And his face in that scene broke me, too. Like, Benedict Cumberbatch really did not have many lines in this movie, or you really didn't see him much, but when you saw his face in that moment, it was gut-wrenching. I was like, oh, God. Like, this is it. And the fact that he did the snap and he was surrounded by the people who loved, like he cared about as much as he could in that battle the most. Yeah. Like Rhodey being the first one to him, then Peter Parker, and then Pepper Potts, who, 
You know, I talked about with you before that for a while, like, Steve and Peggy were high up there for me. Like, Endgame reminded me and put Pepper and Tony back on top because, like, their relationship in this movie from even the beginning of Iron Man to now and just how they paid it off and cared for each other, how she was the one who was like, you can rest. And like when she asked him, but could you rest knowing that, you know, you could fix everything and that he couldn't. And when he says, when she tells him, it's going to be okay. You can rest because he has been always constantly tinkering and trying to find ways to save people ever since he stopped making weapons of mass destruction. And his greatest his greatest achievement was the people that he left behind. And that is why the funeral scene mattered so dang much to me because you, the message that he left for them was a message to the fans saying like, did, did I know 10 years ago it would be like this way? When you look back on this message, I hope it's a message of celebration. And that his final words to us were, I love you 3000. And I'm fine. I know, I know. And you're seeing the flowers go off and then his original arc reactor. And then you just look at the legacy that he left behind of every single pocket of the MCU. My gosh, like he did that. He carried all of that. He started this thing. And I'm starting to cry now. Yep. Um, the world's best defender. I mean, he was the world's best defender. That's what's so interesting about when Cap says, like, Earth just lost its best defender. Move. Like, we're doing this. We have to have this fight. And so to have then him go out as the world's best defender, because this was a worldly battle. It was not just a battle. Like, it was a battle on Earth, but it was bigger than that. And it so dealt much. with so much. And so. It had to have been him. And I just... I, I can't... Do you want to know what the score is playing when he it snaps the finger? Like it's, what it's called? What is it called? It's called The Real Hero. You want to cry anymore? It's very similar to... This is my choice. Or was that from Infinity War? Infinity War, that yes, is okay. my choice, but for, I went through the list of Alan Silvestri's score, which, by the way, I can't listen to it just yet. How, like, give him an Oscar, give him 50 Oscars. Please. Please, because his score was incredible. It was incredible in Infinity War. The fact that that didn't get nominated is just abysmal to me, um, but this score, the musical cues in it are so poignant, so great. The fact that it's called The Real Hero just, like, kills me. Like, absolutely destroys me. Um, because he was the real hero. Tony Stark, I have always loved you and always will love you. I got emotional over happy talking with Morgan about oh cheeseburgers. God. I think there are grown men still crying over cheeseburgers right now. I ate a cheeseburger that afternoon and then when that scene happened and I was just gone and I also said this in my podcast but like fun fact it's like that's also one of the things that I would eat with my dad so when I heard that I was just a goner yeah it 
oh my god. Because it's very, and I'm very glad that they brought food into the equation because food is something that's so strange when it comes to loss. Like, you can never eat that one thing without thinking that one person. And there's so much beauty in it, but there's also so much tragedy in it, but it's like oddly healing. And so kudos, they, they really touched on human emotion so well in this movie. Give it a damn Oscar, man. Absolutely. I went there and I yeah. said it. I don't think it's too soon to say it. Like, I think that there needs to be special recognition to Marvel Studios Robert at the Oscar. Especially Robert Downey Jr. Like, give him an honorary Oscar. Give them something because, like, no other movie could do this. And I don't think we can see another movie like this for a long time. Like, I... It cannot be replicated right now. There's just no way. And there shouldn't... No one should try. No one should try. It, in the same way that there cannot be another Star Wars, like like something like it. Just, just don't let it be. Let it be what it is. And it, you can't... Yeah. I was talking about it. I, I mean, I keep talking about different friends of mine of, that... This was a golden age we're not getting back. Like, it's going to look different. It'll be a silver age. It'll mm-hmm. be a bronze age. Whatever the different ages of, like, comic books that you look to, like, we are out of the golden age because we're not getting the same core group again. We can't. And I, nor do I want to. No, like, exactly. I get to live in this, like, 22 movie loop. Actually, 23, because, like, Far From Home is... Peter's going to be dealing with yeah. the ramifications of it. And, like, depending on how that ends, I may, like... It's supposedly the end of Phase 3. I think it is. That's fine. Like, I have that to, like, live in mm-hmm. until the next age begins. And that's a very beautiful thing. And... Just thank you, Robert Downey Jr. Thank you for actually doing this and giving it your all. Thank you for the long hours. Thank you for championing so many people to be a part of this, championing all the movies involved and being their biggest cheerleader. Thank you for being a mentor to Tom Holland and his budding career. Thank you um, for fighting for uh, pay raises for all of your uh, co-stars. Thank you for... Being so game to be there for the fans and what you've given us, it means the world. And it, your impact will always be felt in Marvel because of what you've done and the precedent that you set. Like the fact that there's ACDC like opening Iron Man, you see that reflected in the musical choices of Guardians yeah. and Captain Marvel. Like the things that you helped create in that first movie has set the tone for years to come and we just owe it all to you so i hated seeing you dying because you were so good you were so good um but thank you and now i gotta switch to your guy because what i wasn't expecting was to get as emotional as i did for cap send off and as a huge Agent Carter fan, as a huge Cap fan, or at least, like, how how satisfied are you uh, with how they handled that? Um, what did you... Yeah, just... What are words? Let's see. <laughs> um, 
but I never let myself hope for this because it was always one of those things where, and you've seen my Twitter where it's like, they are the ship of dreams. Like I'm never letting this go. I can't let it go. And people would always like, let it go. Cap has, but, and that's one really interesting thing is that when you rewatch each movie, which I did, and you see that Peggy Carter is a presence in his life in every single movie, he clearly has not let it go. And the thing is, I, I said, I don't see Steve moving on from a fight. I don't see it happening because there's no future for him here. And little did I know that's because the future for him was in the past. But it's always meant to be in the past. And that's what's so interesting is that I've read a lot of complaints, which is my own fault. I, I don't like to venture into those places, but that saying like, this is, this is an insult to Steve and that Steve, it makes him so selfish. It makes him so this, but it's like, but he, he's been the most selfless character from day one. Mm -hmm. He's had no happiness since day one. And he says it, I lost the love of my life and I had to move on. And then two seconds later to Natasha, I keep telling people to move on, but ha ha ha. Not us. And so it's very interesting that the second he realizes it's possible to go back because Steve Rogers would not go back into the past if he knew that it would, it would affect Peggy's future because he knows what Peggy's future was. He knows that she lived a happy life. They had that conversation. So knowing he could go back to the past and knowing he could live this life without interfering with the life she's lived, of course he would do it because he's a man out of time and he's always going to be. And there's people that could get used to that, but I... When you look deeply into his character, Steve Rogers was not that person. Because finding that one love in your life, which Tony found, which every single person has found, but Steve never could, no matter how hard he tried. And so, and I think he left, which again, one of also things Bucky knew. Literally the second when they were talking, I was like, oh, he's just, is he going to die in battle? Like, what is happening? Why does Bucky, like... No, he's going to do something. And I actually thought Steve was going to die then and there. I was like, oh, yeah. like, maybe this is going to be too hard on him, wielding all the stones at once. Like, he's probably dying. And then to see him sitting there as an old man. And the second I saw the ring, I just lost it. I was like, oh, God. Um, fun fact, in my first viewing, I don't even think I watched properly because I couldn't see through my tears. Mm -hmm. But, and to give the shield to Sam was the most satisfying moment ever. Because I've been saying that since Winter Soldier. I was like, the shield belongs to Sam next. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I also, I don't know how other people are looking at it, but I see this as Steve, he's obviously a grown man. He's, he's going to die soon. And I think that his time was coming and he knew that his time was coming. And so I believe that really shortly after he left the shield that he passes to. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the last line in this movie is it was beautiful to everything is just, and ultimately it's like their story, Captain America's story started it all. Steve Rogers' story started it all chronologically. So, mm -hmm. and Peggy essentially started it all too, because she was the first one around before he was Captain America. It was Peggy Carter and Howard Stark ultimately. So I have very few words. <laughs> it's, it was very unexpected. But when you look closely, you're like, I get it, of course. The only way he would move on is if moving on involved her. And I just, I loved every bit of, it's 
Like it doesn't feel like it's mine, but it is. And just, I cannot wait for Falcon Soldier, Winter Soldier now. Yeah, I'm so geeked for that show now because now I know like it's not just him as Falcon. No. He is Captain America. He's Cap. He's our new Cap. He's our new Captain America. Like as soon as Sam said, like I don't want to live in a world where there's not a Captain America. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, he's getting it. He's getting it. And the fact that like Bucky was like, go. And he, he knew, knew because Bucky has another storyline with the White Wolf. Yes, and I love that we didn't just erase that and pretend like it never happened. I'm so intrigued to see that. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for that. And uh, Cap has always been such an interesting character because he's a man at a time. And ever since Ultron told him, like, you're trying to live like you can't fight another war. From the second he said that, I he added it. Like, I mean... Winter Soldier did it too, but that was just another layer of looking at Steve Rogers of he is a man out of time, robbed of the life that he earned back in the 40s and never got to have, and he has to keep fighting because otherwise he would go absolutely insane. And the fact that he didn't go absolutely insane like Ronan or Thor did and that he kept so positive and he took up Sam's role Sam's role during that time is yeah. like so beautiful that they like paid homage to that. Um was gorgeous and like we all knew he always loved or I to me it was always very obvious that he was in love with Peggy and he would never not be in love with her. No, and that's that's what's so interesting is that his choice in Civil War is because so of Peggy. Peggy. It's I mean, conduit, like, through yeah. Sharon's lips. It was but always it, Peggy. That's what gets him to go, okay, this I is believe this. This is probably what she would believe. She, We've had rogue adventures together. Mm-hmm. This is what I have to do. And so much of him not going insane and not becoming the worst version of himself mm-hmm. due to grief and due to everything that's happened, I also think is because of Peggy. So much of what Steve Rogers has done is because of this woman that gave him a chance when nobody else did. And, God, don't even. And the fact that I, well, one, when at Tony's funeral, and they were going through the different pockets of people, initially when I saw the teenager, I had to think, I was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, is that Caps and Peggy's kid? Oh, interesting. I know, I know. I was, because I was so... I was emotional and I was looking at him like, wait a second, who's this kid? And then of course it's Harley from yeah. Iron Man three, which add another layer of emotions there. They were like, I had another kid. I absolutely, I love Iron Man. Iron Man two isn't that great. Fine. Whatever. Iron Man three. I personally really loved it. So with Harley in there, I was just like, dang it, man. Oh my gosh. Okay. Back to cat. Steve Rogers. <laughs> When I saw the wedding band, I lost it. Like, I was finally starting to get okay again. Like, okay, I survived Tony's funeral. Okay, this is wrapping up. Oh, he's old. Oh, my gosh. I saw the wedding band. I knew exactly what it meant because I was saying this for months. And, like, what would it – what if Steve went back and got to live the life with Peggy 
and they did it. They See, actually I'm not let myself did go it. for that. I wanted to have you on my podcast specifically so I could tell you this theory and let you get emotional and hopeful. But then I was like, no, because then she would hear it and then maybe it not happen and this would be heartbreaking. But it happened. It actually happened. All I, all I and they wanted. got their dance. Not just he got the life of Peggy. We got, got to see their dance. Their dance. Yeah. And he gets to kiss her. Like, there was very, there is a lot, there was not enough uh, public displays of affection in this yeah. movie. But when it was done, you felt it. You felt it. Yeah. Like, Pepper kissing Tony on the cheek after he dies. Peggy and Steve getting there. And it's so again. interesting that it's not at the store club. It's not anywhere public. But it's in their home. Which goes back to Age of Ultron and that scene where he walks into the house and he hears Clint's kids laughing and, and he, he hears her voice mm-hmm. and she says, we can go home. And then later in that movie, he tells Tony, like, the guy who wanted that went under the ice. Yes. Like, there's no way I'm going to have this stable life because I... The stable life was left behind. The stable I... life was Peggy. Peggy's always been home to him. And she is... Like, the compass, the compass that's point north is a picture of Peggy. Yeah. It's always been Peggy since She's always been his true north. And that's the one thing where I was like, even if we see the compass, it'll reiterate her importance in his life. But, okay. Just give me all of it. Thank you. I don't even... We got the compass. We got him going to 70. And he... The the look on his face as he's just watching her do life was, like, heartbreaking and beautiful and... Every performance review that I've read about Chris Evans talks about the way he looks at Peggy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yeah. Because yeah. even when she's old, even when she's, he's just. It's always, it, she is always his girl. His best girl. His best girl. And he couldn't leave her. It's true. And he didn't. He didn't. And like, I'm happy. Like, I'm honestly happy we didn't get to see their yeah, reunion scene or like that kind of stuff. Just it was a quiet was moment, and that was yeah, and that was what we were left on for the movie was their quiet moment before we went to the credits where they show like oh, their signatures and the screens for those. Every I will say this: every screening I've been to, everyone loses it for Robert Downey yep. Jr. Like, it starts a little bit, like, you don't know if you should be clapping or yet. Then it starts to pick up a little bit more. Chris Evans starts to get a little love. But when Robert Downey Jr. comes up, it's just, yeah, yeah cheers. Very... And I also just love that he says, I tried that life thing that Tony was talking about. Which is, yes. which I look at as that's his way of paying respect to Tony is, because... Tony to die in vain and have everybody be miserable, that would just go back and be like, yeah, he is a selfish guy. He doesn't care about that. Tony wouldn't want that. Mm-hmm. He did this so everyone could have the life that he couldn't. Yeah. And like, he got that life for five years uninterrupted. Yeah. And it, like, for people who are mad at Tony in that moment when he rejected them, I fully understood why I he had so much to lose and like his conversation with Steve when they made up which that scene was great 
okay, I'm glad it was just the two of them outside of the Avengers facility, and he gives him the shield. Like, I'll lose this one more time. You're not getting it back. You're not getting this back. And then, like, seriously, uh, you need to take it before Morgan uses it because, of course, his little daughter would use yeah. it. Like, it, that was everything I wanted from those two. I was just like, please make up, please. I can't take it anymore. Yes, because they need each other. That's the reason why, like, from the moment Tony stepped off the ship and Cap is the first one to, like, grab onto him and, like, they just go back and forth of, like, I failed. I, no, I failed. failed. We failed. And then I, I mean, even their fight that they yeah. had, I felt it because I knew, like, they had to address that. Like, Tony was still so mad at Cap, or at Steve for, like, what... Like how they had to break things yeah. up and that they weren't together because they if know they they're strong together. together. And that's what I love about them too. And that's what breaks my heart because they are opposite ends of a coin, but not in the bad way. Because I feel like that term is generally now used for negative. Mm-hmm. And with them, it's just... Yeah. they com- Like... In a non-romantic way, yeah. they really complete each other yes. as far as leaders of this team. Yeah. Like, on the technical side, you have to have Tony. And on the leadership side, you have to have yeah. Cap. They're both leaders in their own rights. But the way that they work together, especially as they were planning out the timelines, yeah. like, talking it out. Like, and the that's speech. where they work the best. <laughs> and then when Ant-Man goes, wow, he's really good at this. <laughs> yeah. And They're, he... Ant-Man's love for Cap was amazing. Can I just say, like, I actually appreciated... Oh, oh my gosh! We gotta talk about the Winter Soldier callbacks. The elevator scene going Hail Hydra with all of those people. I thought, I was like, this is gonna be the fight again. This is gonna be the fight again. And then it was just simple walkout and Hail Hydra. You're like, whoa! Everyone lost it. I also loved Steve calling out Steve when he was like, I can do this all over again. Yeah, I know, I know. And he's like, where'd you get that Peggy thing? And then Bucky's alive. Because he will always lose it for Bucky. Bucky, Exactly. And I'm so happy they did that because he already knows Peggy's alive. And he saw the locket. So for a second there, I was so terrified. Because I was like, he's going to take the locket. And oh my God, And no, don't lose. I mean, the compass, don't lose it. But everything about that scene and just... And on a selfish note, I did appreciate him checking himself out. I'm like, yeah, that is America's That is America's I mean, I've... Hemsworth was always my favorite of the Chris's as far as attractiveness-wise. They took that away in this movie, I think, for a great reason. Like, I'm cool with what they did with Thor. Um, but I could respect and check out Chris Evans and, like, yeah, that was, that was quite... That was, that was good. That was good. The three of them, though, going into battle with Thanos. That's the clip that I saw in the last trailer that had me scared for all three of them. That, oh my gosh, all three of them are going to die. Because I was like, it's always about these idiots. Starting from that force over Germany, or in Germany, to now. Like, it was the three of them. There was so many just moments in this that you just couldn't believe it like there was there was not only sad crying but there was just so much happy crying too it was so overwhelming to see so many of these things the way that they were I 
way they worked characters together, the way that they did storylines and callbacks and yeah. hitting emotional beats and pleasure beats and like in ways that you weren't didn't know you needed no. and then once you got it you were like oh wow I love this or oh I extra felt this yeah. like I lost my mind when I saw Tilda Swinton as the Asian one yeah. back I was like yes oh my That's gosh sweet. the cameos Hank Pam like bringing him back like Everyone at the funeral, like Sam Jackson showing up. Oh my god, yes. That was a moment when you like you just saw him walk over. I was like, oh, god, I feel content right now. Like the only person who I was sad was not there that, to be fair, have not watched Agents of Shield was Phil Coulson. Yeah. He's the one person who I felt his absence I felt his absence because he was also there at the very yeah. beginning and I felt like he needed to be there. I guess there. we're still not addressing that he's alive to the Avengers. I, I don't guess know. not, but we shouldn't have to yeah. deal with that because they they brought Edwin Jarvis yeah, in. Like so. we can do this. And plus he was in the films before he was in the show. Exactly. So he's and everyone showing up for that funeral, like I felt like he needed to be yeah. there. But that that and some Star Lord stuff was my only big like gripes, but even then they were like tiny in comparison yeah. to this entire film and what they were able to accomplish. It didn't even feel like three hours. That's that's another thing that's upsetting. It did not feel like it three kept, hours. It, it was so well paced, you were like in it and you didn't want to move. Like not even like, oh I feel like I need to go to the bathroom. Like <laughs> I don't want to because no. like it's so good and you're so in it. Even the quiet moments that in a lot of movies could be slow were not. And I just, I I don't know how they achieved this. I'm like Cassie and Scott reuniting and she's a teenager. Like I yeah. needed that scene because I was like, oh my gosh, do not tell me she just got dusted yes. and there she is. And like she is now a teenager. And what does that mean for Ant-Man 3? Like is she going to yeah. put on the suit? Please! And um, May being at the funeral. Like, little things like that were just... I didn't know I needed this. But yeah. Apparently I did. All of it. Just... Yeah. I am I'm absolutely floored. And I. it's so hard for me to say, like, I can't fully, like, properly rank this movie just yeah. yet. Because it's still... I so I, It is number one for me. I can't imagine it not I know. at this point. Like, I, it's so, I think it is for me at this rate because I just don't know how you can not give it its proper due. It, because it took me like two months for me to finally admit out loud of Infinity War is my favorite. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> to get to the place, because Endgame ended on such a better note and not just that note, like, Everything involved in the plot was yeah. just so good. It's happy. It's hopeful. It's we're. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Think it's I the most to... comic book movie ever made, and I mean that in the best way possible. It's not zany or cheesy or yeah. what or too meta. It is. It is the culmination of these stories, and it's not fan service. It's all. It's earned. a love letter. It is a love letter to the fans you will not go away disappointed um i and for uh, 
the only way this movie could have been better is if it were five hours and every single character yeah. had like more survived. Yeah, and survived like like even Vision. That was very interesting to know that Vision, Vision is did, gone. Yeah, how, so interesting. how is the show gonna play out? Like I'm very. Are they gonna like how, they can't make a new Vision no. because the Mind Stone is gone. But even if they do, it's not <coughs> Vision. It's not the vision that lived through Age of Ultron, Ultron. went through all that. I have no idea. I have more questions. Like, I have so many answers, but now I have even more yeah. questions of, like, where do we go from here? And it's fascinating that we are getting this WandaVision mm-hmm. show, that we are getting this Bucky-Sam show, that there's supposedly a Hawkeye series coming out. A Loki out. show. A Loki which, can we talk about how excited people were seeing Loki, not just in his uh, cell in Thor Dark yeah. World, but him escaping from New York was brilliant. There is a loose Loki messing with history. Yes, please. I, that is the <laughs> most Loki thing ever. And I was devastated about Loki's death, but this worked. I was like, yeah. well, you managed to make me not upset. Because one of the things I went in saying I hope Loki's death is not permanent Mm -hmm. and that nobody but Steve dies. It's so strange how, and I said I wouldn't be okay. Like, I I don't know how I could be okay with this. I would be disappointed. I don't know how I'm not. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, I'm still so disappointed in how sad, like, that, that, that Tony's gone. I want more Tony. We live in a world where Tony Stark doesn't live anymore. And that is a hard thing to, like, live in and process. But it was done in a way where I'm like, okay it worked so it made the most yeah. sense in the world and I didn't feel like it was a sacrifice for sacrifice sake it was built upon years mm-hmm. of leading to this and that's why I like um for people who are like angry that like Iron Man couldn't survive like I saw that like no he could survive he would always be tinkering with stuff he's always looking to build and create and like for the betterment of people and like he got to go out writing all of that wrong you know of his failure of all of the Avengers failure you know and he's the best Avenger he is the world's best Avenger there's no doubt about it that he's the strongest Avenger yeah sorry point break uh Sorry, uh, Thor, uh, even Steve Rogers uh, holding Thor's hammer and wielding it so perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we already always knew he was worthy. He just got scared. Yeah. But that's very interesting that it's like, they're all great in their own way. But what Tony did, they would all agree that was the best move. And it's like, Steve's had that sacrifice in his life, too. Mm-hmm. So, let him die a happy man who had a happy life. Yeah. I think I'll just about wrap it, at least as far as this podcast episode is concerned. I mean, I don't know when we'll ever stop talking nope. about uh, Endgame, and I'm sure you'll send me more emotional Tumblr posts. Yep. Probably. That's the only thing Tumblr is good for, fan art that makes you cry. Huh. And it, there is this video that was uh, put on Twitter of a montage of all of these MCU characters to the song, the score from Up. No, don't send me that. 
You already requoted me today. I saw you did. Which one? I will resend it to you. It's the one where it has. It starts with the Iron Man people, and then it blips to Black Panther. Oh yeah, it's. I watch it at least once a day now just to make myself cry because I love pain, and that's just. You know what? I've been living. crying so much for three days that I don't even know what I've been crying to anymore. It's just all. It's all emotional and. There are 3,000 minutes in the MCU. I yeah, love when 3, I heard 000. that. How dare you? I How dare you, Marvel? Not cool. Just make me cry all over again. And of course, that those are Tony's last words, is I love you 3,000. 3, That's how much I love this movie. I love it 3,000. 3,000 out of 10. 3,000 out of 10. That's my rating, if anyone wanted to know. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Where can where can people hear your lengthy review of Endgame? And at Marvelous Geeks, mm-hmm. and you can find me at Kisani Sophia and at Marvelous Geeks. <laughs> just all the places, just all those places. But this was thank you so much for having me. Because once here's the thing: there was a part of me for a second that was a little bit angry confused when I first came out of the movie mm-hmm. and then I was like I need to know if Meredith's okay and if Meredith's okay I can be okay <laughs> so when I found out that you're okay and you were you how you were dealing with this I was like okay because it's one of those things where it's like the way you know Iron Man is the way that I, I like to believe I know Steve Rogers mm-hmm. so to have that like when that person approves you're like okay I can approve yeah they approve I can approve so, and that's why I needed to know how you felt about the movie, especially with Steve and yeah. his ending, like, because you know Cap so well, and that, uh, and you love Peggy so much, and to see that ending, like, I'm so happy for you in that, and I'm just happy as a fan that this is, like, how they, how they chose to give us this story, um, Guys, I'm a fangirl. I'm not going to apologize for nope. how much I love this movie. You think I'm sappy or like, oh, you're you're hyperbolizing or extrapolating too much or whatever. No, it. Uh, this is like how I feel about this. Replay it if you ever want to know. I'm going to keep pointing back to this podcast episode. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope all of you have a fantastic day. I love you 3,000. Bye, guys. Bye.